This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. Today's message is titled, The Lost Son. We are not owed anything. Everything we have is because of God's grace and mercy, not because we earned it. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. About three weeks ago, I challenged you from Luke 15, Luke chapter 15, matter of fact, turn your Bibles to Luke 15, that's where I'm going to be sharing from today. And I challenged you to do what Jesus tells its parable in Luke 15, and I challenged you to do what Jesus mentioned. He tells the first parable was the parable of the lost sheep, where a shepherd had a hundred sheep, and he left 99 and went after the one. And I challenged you a few weeks ago to go after those individuals. Go after one person. I asked you, you should find one person that you know need the Lord. One person that you know is disconnected from the things of God. One person whose lives could be benefited from a relationship with Jesus. I challenge you to have that go after spirit. And then last week after that, I talked about the lost coin. I talked about the, uh, the woman who had a coin, had, a, had a, a headband with a coin, with 10 coins in it, but she lost one of the coins in that headband. And I challenged you a couple weeks ago, when she lost that one coin, she searched her house. And I, I, I don't want you to be in the house and lost. Amen. Remember we talked about that. Don't, don't be coming to church but still don't know Jesus. Don't be in the choir singing about Jesus but don't have a relationship with Jesus. And then last week some joker named Josh Jenkins tried to take over the camp. I want to salute my son and let him know how proud I am of how well he did last week. And today we're still in Luke 15 and I want to talk about the lost son. There's a title to put on this message, it's the lost son. It picks up at chapter 11, I mean chapter 15 verse 11, where Jesus tells the parable about a man who had two sons. And one of the sons decided that he wanted to get his inheritance, that which was to, he says, fall to him. Y'all do know we got kids who think stuff just falls to them. <laughs> and he took his inheritance and went out and wasted it on loose living. Let me see how many honest people we have. Is there anybody here who has ever lived loosely? Lord have mercy, I got a church full of heathens. But at some point in his journey, when he had lost it all, wasted it all, 
He found himself in an uncomfortable condition, situation. And he ends up eating with the pigs. But something happened to him. The scripture says he came to himself and went back home and his father received him. And so for the next few weeks, I want to talk about the lost son. I want to talk about his jacked up brother, the lost brother, because it's possible to be in the house and don't go nowhere, but still have the wrong spirit and the wrong attitude. But today I want to spend some time and talk about this lost son and the mistakes that he made. He made several mistakes that I want to warn you about. I want to challenge you on. I want to talk to you about not becoming one of those persons who was once in the family but then got disconnected in fellowship from the family. That's a big concern of mine because the enemy will be happy just to get you off track. The enemy would be satisfied just to get you no longer going to church. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. This, this young man made three tragic mistakes. There might be some other mistakes, but I want to talk about three of the mistakes that he made, and I want to challenge you and encourage you not to make these same mistakes. He... he and so verse, let me start at verse 11. Can I just walk through this? Thank you very much. Appreciate your <laughs> approval. A certain man, verse 11, had two sons, it says. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of good that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. This man took what he had earned and divided it between his two sons. Let me be clear, Jenkins' children, I ain't doing that. <laughs> he divided, you, you see, look at it right there in the text. He divided to them his livelihood, what he had earned. He divided them. And so here's the first mistakes he, that this young man makes. He said to his father, give me the good that falls to me. He made the tragic, devastating mistake of, number one, believing he was owed something. I need to talk about this because we have a generation that somehow feels entitled to stuff. God does not owe you anything. Nobody owes you anything. You, you don't, do, matter of fact, here's how I feel about it. I don't deserve anything. Whatever God gives to me is the mercy and the grace of God. Somebody ought to be grateful that whatever doors, whatever things, whatever opportunities, whatever blessings God gives to you is not because you earned it. It's because of the mercy of a loving God who loves you. He said, give, give me the goods. So he believed that he was owed something. The fact that God woke you up today is the mercy of Almighty God. The truth is, if he gave you, if God gave you what you deserved, somebody ought to say to themselves, God, please don't give me what I deserve. 
If God gives you what you deserve, we would all have first-class tickets to hell. But oh, I'm giving God praise today when I think of the goodness of Jesus and what he has done for me. My soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God he didn't give me what I deserve. I'm thankful he gave me mercy. I'm grateful he gave me grace. I'm grateful he woke me up this morning even though I did not deserve to be awakened this morning. He gave me the activities of my limbs. He put a roof over my head, clothes on my back, food in my stomach. I'm grateful he gave me what I did not deserve. I'm grateful, I'm thankful. He believed he was owed something. And I want to say to some of you today, you cannot have the mentality of entitlement as though God owes us anything. He doesn't. Whatever he gives us is by his grace. Here's number two. His mistake number two he made is that he got drawn away by the attractiveness of sin. Verse 12, let me read it again. The young of them said to his father, give me the portions of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to, his, to them his livelihood. In not many days, verse 13, after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, loose living. Uh, and then verse 14, let me just read verse 14 while I'm here. It says, but when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. See, see, young people don't always understand that money does run out. It's not endless. And and, and he, he got attracted to the world. You know, the other man's grass always looks greener. The world looks more attractive. But the sins and the ugliness of sin never tells you about the devastation that it leaves in its wake. He was, he was drawn away. He was attracted to that loose living and going out there. And, and so he wanted to move out. No restrictions, no curfews, no chores. He didn't want to have to do chores. So he moved to a faraway country. Let me tell y'all something. I got six kids. All of my six kids at some point in their life started smelling themselves. They, they all reached a state. I don't know where it is, somewhere in them teenage years. They think they know more than their parents. I got some advice for kids. Quickly, move out on your own. <laughs> Hurry up. Get a job. Pay your own bills. Buy your own food, buy your own clothes. Hurry up. 
while you know everything before you forget everything. <laughs> quickly, 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 hurry. He went out there in the world and wasted his money in living loosely. And I, I, I thought there might be somebody here today who's lived like that. That the, the attractiveness of sin has drawn, drawn you away from the life that your parents taught you about. Maybe you, you've been gone for years. By the way, it doesn't matter how long you've been gone. You can always come back home. Tell your neighbor, you can come back home. You can get it straight. You don't have to get lost. You don't have to be out there. You don't have to stay out there. Uh, I'm, hold up. Somebody say, slow down, Pastor. I'm rushing ahead of myself. This man got attracted to the... Uh, he was attracted to sin. And he wanted to be far from his father. So he went to a far off country. And I believe he did everything in excess. Did everything way beyond what he should have done. But then it says right here in verse 15. Let me read verse 15 and 16. It says, then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. Here's the third mistake he made. He developed the wrong relationships. Oh, I should have got a few more amens than that. That some of you have gone down the wrong path because you've been hanging out with the wrong people. You have to be careful of the people that you hang around. Oh, this attention crowd, I didn't get to. The amens went down lower and lower and lower on that one. And perhaps that's because you don't think the people you're hanging out with are the wrong kinds of people. You are either influencing your friends or your friends are influencing you. You got you to gotta evaluate who you hang out with. You got to evaluate who you listen to. You got to evaluate where they spend their time, what they talk about, what's on the focus of their heart, what direction are they going in. And here it is a man who had plenty of friends while he had money. While he had the inheritance and he was whipping it up, having fun, he had friends. But when he ran out of money, isn't it, isn't it strange that when you don't have no more money, you ain't got no more entourage. Ooh, preach on Pastor Jenkins. Let me, let me, oh no, preach on Dr. Jenkins. That got a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Sounds great. You got to be careful who you hang out with. You got to be careful who your friends are. You got to be careful who you spend time with, who you listen to. He got connected to the wrong crowd and when he needed help, when he needed help, there was no one around to help him. It says in the text right here, 
that no one, verse 16, gave him anything. He couldn't get help from anybody or anything. And matter of fact, the one friend he had sent him into the field to feed the pigs. What kind of friend is that? And yet, here he is in a horrible situation. But I'm so grateful that when Jesus tells this parable, the parable doesn't stop at verse 16. Because in verse 17, I like verse 17 because it starts off with a very important word, but. King James starts off with the word but. Somebody say, God got a big old but. I'm, I'm grateful when God sticks his butt in my circumstances. Anytime you see but in the scriptures, it means whatever has been talked about, there's a shift about to occur. Something is about to change. Woo, I love the Lord. I love the word because God is a master at stepping into the middle of your mess and sticking his butt in the middle of your circumstance. When God puts his butt in there, he's about to take you from the horrible, sad, depressed, ugly, frustrated situation that you're in and about to move you over to a change in your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm preaching to somebody here today. You've been crying. You've been depressed. You've been frustrated. You've been angry. You've been hurt. But God is about to stick his butt in your situation and your circumstance is about to change. That's what I love about the Lord. That's what I love about God. He specializes in shifting and changing our circumstance. I don't care how long you've been in. I don't care how low it is, how dirty it is, how ugly it is. There is a God that we serve who is so, so awesome and so mighty and so powerful. He can change your circumstance. I don't know who you are, but I know you're here. I know you're online. I know you're watching. I know you're in this building. God wants to change your situation. He came to himself. Look at your neighbor and say, he came to himself. That's what verse 17 says. But when he came to himself, he, had an, he, 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 he recognized that he was living in a way that wasn't God's intention for his life. And some of you are living your life in a way that is not God's will for your life. God don't mean for you to be strung out on drugs. He don't mean for you to be depressed and frustrated. He don't mean for you to be sleeping around with every Don, Tom, Dick, and Harry. He don't mean for you to be looking for love in all the wrong places but not getting anything. That's not his will for you to be shacking up with somebody. I'll go ahead and preach, Pastor. I'm doing the best that I can. That's not his will. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. And when you have a relationship with Jesus and you talk to him, you know what I discovered about God? Excuse me, let me stick my little own personal testimony in here right here for just a second. Let me tell you about what I know God can do. We serve a God who can answer your prayer even before you ask him. 
He knows what you have need of even before you ask him. And he has the capacity and the willingness and the ability to solve your situation and your dilemma and step into your circumstance and change it even before you ask him. And I don't know who you are, but I know you're here. And I know he wants to bring a change in your life. I know he wants to come in and show you how awesome and strong he is. He wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to give you a relationship with him. I know that. I know that he's calling you today. The fact that you are listening to this message is the fact that he spared your life because he wants to bring a change in your life. He wants you to meet his son, Jesus, who went to the cross to die. And when Jesus died, he took the whipping that you should have gotten. God should have whipped you. But God whipped Jesus instead. And he took the punishment for our sins. And he did something that nobody else has done. He took the punishment. He died, was buried, and he got up out of the grave. Ooh, I feel a shout down in my sanctified soul. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Ah, yes, but I celebrate this, this, this lost son. I celebrate him because he had enough sense to go home. <laughs> Somebody say he had enough sense to get up out of his sin. Enough sin, enough sense to get up out of the hog pen. Enough sense to get out of the pig pen. Enough sense, enough sense to say, I can go back home. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but you can come back home. You can get back right with God. You can be right in the right relationship with God. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins Sr. It doesn't matter how long you've been gone. You can always come home. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.